the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today. The Monday edition of The Ride Home. It feels like it's been a long time since we've been together here. I mean, live at least. We weren't here on Thanksgiving or weren't here on Friday. So you miss a couple of days. You're sort of out of the loop, you know. A lot of things, of course, have happened in that meantime. But uh, happy that you're with us. Kath is uh, sick. She was sick. um, She's sick Tuesday. She's been sick a long time. So I talked to her today. She sounds like, um, she sounds rough, I would say. Uh, Rough. (laughs) That's that's the best. That's the best I've got. Hey, Kath, how you doing? She sounds like uh, she's got a smoker's cough. And she's not a smoker. She sounds rough. You know that. It's more than a frog. Uh, it's it's like the entire lily pad grouping of all the frogs are with her. But she's um, on the mend. I do believe that. And uh, went and saw the doctor and uh, they you know, did a little, here's some meds. So we'll see her back sooner rather than later, I believe. Christy, you've been away. Welcome back. Uh, you took the uh, last week off. Um, I, I good, did. Good to see your face. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. Well, you know, the, the seat's you open. Know. Jump in there, would you please? Yeah, you know, nobody wants to, you know, run this without me, so. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it was rough. Last week when you were not here, there were some wide-eyed looks on the other side of the glass. Listen, t- I'm like, I just keep you all together. Thank you, you do. And I'm grateful for that. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. Because if we go... I mean, you see the backups in there, and it looks really dangerous. People get like they're gonna like claw their foot out of a trap. They're they're gonna. It's really just ugly in there sometimes. The looks, and so I'm always grateful to see your bright and smiling face. Hey, thanks. In there, really. Good. Okay, um, Thanksgiving's over, and apparently, uh, people are still. And I think this may be the last day. They're, they're t- the food experts are telling us that this perhaps is the last day that you can, and I don't believe it, you can safely consume your Thanksgiving leftovers. Um, I thought it was seven days. I'm still eating mine. Huh? We're, we're still eating. Yeah. Are you still eating? Did, yeah. did you get leftovers? Um, not turkey, but, you know, the other things. What? Like I got pumpkin roll. How'd you come up short on the turkey? Well, my mom didn't make it. Somebody else in my family made it. Oh, so, right. so you, you know, couldn't it, yeah. draw dibs on it. Yeah. Hey, think about me, right? No, no, you can't. Oh, that's a shame. Okay, so you got all the fixings. That's there. right. You can't complain about the fixings. Nope. Can you? Is it is it true? I mean, like, I don't think they're going to go bad. Seven days is the general. Yeah, I would agree. The general rule of thumb, right? But you know, the health authorities, those people, and there's not a whole lot of trust in health authorities, even as it is at this day and age. Is there? I mean, you know, you say CDC around some places, you're in trouble, or the WHO. Holy smokes. All of a sudden, you got a turkey variant coming our way. All right? I need a turkey booster, not a baster, a booster. I mean, yeah. 
<laughs> seven days. I'll take that. What was your favorite left? Because we did multiple meals, um, multiple meals of leftovers. I, I, and I think most people would agree. Don't you agree that the leftovers are superior in every way to the meal itself, right? I do. I agree with that, yeah. Because you know they're in the fridge. And, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to stop by and have a little nibble there. What was your favorite leftover? You're doing. Did you say turkey roll? Pumpkin roll. Pumpkin roll. Oh, no. Turkey roll. Turkey. That'd be real interesting. Well, I guess you could make a turkey roll. You could make a turkey roll. There probably is such a thing as a turkey roll. Probably. Pumpkin roll. Yeah, it has like the cream cheese filling oh, on the inside. That's good stuff. Oh, it's so good. That That is excellent. I had to do an extra long workout today. <laughs> Burn it off. <laughs> because of the abundance of the turkey roll. Yeah. Is that homemade? Yeah. Is that, what? My mom makes it. What? Hold on. Because I've seen them like in the store. I don't. I don't know anyone who makes oh, one. Oh, my mom makes them. Wait, go into that a little bit because I in the store they're kind of like it's the with the cream in the middle and the what is the what is the outside? I have the, no idea. I don't ask. I just eat it. Oh, I'd be curious about that. It's it's probably like cake. I don't know. Yeah. it's cakey, but it's rolled. Yeah, she's rolling it. Yeah, you roll it in a little like raggy looking thing. Really? Yeah. Huh. That, that's your favorite leftover. Well, you know. It's not my favorite, but I'm not passing it up. No, no. How about the cranberry sauce? Like good cranberry sauce? All day. Me too. That's like candy in a bowl, isn't it? And people, <laughs> so it's, there's nothing nutritional about that, but it's just absolutely delicious. We did stuffing. We, okay, okay. The, the disclaimer is, right? I did not do anything. But the family, my, we went to my sister's house, and my sister is a, like an incredible cook. And she did stir, stuffing inside the turkey. And outside the turkey. Is there any comparison to stuffing in the turkey? That's so incredible. Now, again, the health authorities, the World Health Organization or the CDC probably advises against that. However, I've had the turkey booster. And so I've eaten the turkey stuffing inside the turkey. That's fabulous stuff. It really is. And, uh, of course, over the break, let's talk about this later on. I'm sorry. I'm just going to kind of ram. Things that, how about turkey leftovers and turkey viewing, like turkey holiday viewing? There was some good stuff on. Did you watch anything? There was some really good stuff. Football? Football. I watched a little bit of football. I dove deep into the Beatles documentary. Dove deep. And it was like a family thing, I, you know. So we'll, I'd like to talk about that a little bit later on. More, more specifically, the Beatles, of course, but about the nature of creativity. To watch that, that was really fabulous. It really was. To see things kind of like come to life and go to fruition. That was really interesting. So did you watch the Steeler game? Unfortunately. Oh, I did not. Oh, you're lucky. No, I chose not to. I saw like the first six minutes and, and does this make you a bad fan when you choose not to suffer along with the team? Nope. But you did. I did. I, you know, I, I was like, they're going to make adjustments in, at halftime. Adjustments? Come, you know, I don't know. What was the score at halftime? 31 to 3, I think? <laughs> it wasn't good. There were, like, no. not a lot of adjustments to be made. Well, and, you know, they left all the vets in. Should have just sat them down. <laughs> done something, <laughs> anything than what they did. Poor Steelers. I don't know. And so the word is, right, people are going. As soon as, they, of course, they are. Steelers are losing. Tomlin has to be gone. Thank God, Ben, this is our last time we'll see Ben this season. I, I don't know. Th- thanks for the – I love it. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for the great football. You know, every team's going to go through up and down, right? Yeah. 
Some teams are going to stink. For, well, we have not stunk, right? But we have stunk recently, but yeah. that's not our our lineage, is it no. not? So we can't complain too Steelers much. Steelers are not the Pirates. No. Holy, holy, holy. No, they can't. They are not the Pirates. So anyway, let's take a quick break. Cast in here, but uh, we're here. Christy and I are here. We'll take a quick break. We do come back. We're going to go to the White House, as we always do. Take a stop and listen to Greg Clugston. He's got news updates. And, uh, boy, anyway, it's a topsy-turvy world, isn't it? Thanks for being with us. 101.5 WORD. No matter how impossible your family situation may seem, it's amazing what God can do when you invite him into your family time, ask him for opportunities to share the gospel, and pray for him to soften the hearts of family members. That's one of the insights in Prayers for Unsaved Loved Ones, a complete scripture guide, free from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Yours today at wordfm.com slash prayer. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Non-licensed in all states, including New York. Offer based on loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. With the holidays right around the corner, would a little extra cash come in handy? Instead of loading up those high-interest credit cards, get the cash you need the smart way. With home values at all-time highs and interest rates still low, Cash Call Mortgage can help you get the cash you need from your home's equity and get a low interest rate at the same time. How does a cash-out refinance mortgage and a rate in APR in the twos sound? We'll even cover the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. Need extra holiday cash? Want to pay off high-interest debt? Or just put money away for a rainy day? Then a cash-out refi from Cash Call Mortgage is the perfect solution. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. It's a fact that MyPillow doesn't have their box stores or any shopping channels available for their product anymore. And because of that, they are passing their extra savings directly to you. You can get the lowest price in the history of MyPillow for their classic standard MyPillow, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98 with a promo code. They also have queen size, regularly $79.98, only $24.98 with a promo code. Or king size, regularly $89.98, now only $29.98 with a promo code. MyPillow is not just pillows. They also have over 150 products, everything from sleepwear to my new beds. Promo code also works on mystore.com and frankspeech.com. Go to MyPillow.com, call 1-800-391-0954. Use the promo code WORD to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his standard MyPillow. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or by calling right now, 800-391-0954 for the best deal on MyPillow. Got church? We do 24-7. And now you can watch Cornerstone Television's Pittsburgh Faith and Family Channel on Comcast Channel 1185. Use the Faith and Family Channel to watch local inspirational services conveniently from your home. Or peruse our channel for a sneak peek at a church to visit in person this Sunday. Check out Pittsburgh Faith and Family on Comcast Xfinity Channel 1185, Verizon Channel 472, or Armstrong Channel 95. We check in with Greg Clarkson, who joins us as SRN News White House correspondent, brings us update about happenings in and around the nation's capital. Greg, happy Thanksgiving post to you. How are you? 
Yeah, thank you, John. Same to you. Uh, yeah, we had a good Thanksgiving, and we're back at it here on on Monday. Fabulous. All right, let's uh, we'll talk about leftovers maybe a little later on in the conversation. But it has been a very busy day in Washington D.C. People playing catch up. Now, uh, of course, over the uh, Thanksgiving holiday, we were treated to another variant, and uh, people are alarmed by that. Apparently, to, to give us up to date, and the president has spoken about this. Yeah, it's just the stocking stuffer nobody wanted, right? I mean, it's it's the latest, and I guess it's not to be. I guess it's not to. It's it's to be expected because they've talked about how you know viruses you know mutate, and we have already seen other variants, other mutations of the coronavirus, and this new one, Omicron, is uh, been first detected in South Africa and other Southern African countries. And so the United States and a lot of other nations quickly moved to uh, at least temporarily restrict travelers uh, from the from that part of the world in an effort to to get a better understanding, uh, you know, about this new variant. Uh, and so the president today, after he received briefings from his COVID response team yesterday here at the White House and again this morning, he came out at midday today and essentially tried to give a speech to that would reassure the American public. Obviously, Americans are uh, and people around the world are just weary of the pandemic, but also there is concern about what's happening. There, there's, there's worry here about this new variant. And the main message from the president was this variant is of concern, but there's no need to panic. And so he was he was giving his reassurance, uh, you know, reassuring message there while also saying, um, the best way to still deal with uh, any variant of COVID-19 is to get vaccinated and to get your booster if you're if you're eligible to do that. So right. it was partly a familiar message on the boosters and the vaccines, but also this other message of saying, hey, we, we even though we don't know everything yet about it, it's not the end of the world. Good. All right. Well, um, I'm, I'm sure I'm like you and probably a lot of our listeners, Greg, that when you, you read the first news about this or watched the first news or heard the first news, I mean, you could hear the sound of a million eyeballs rolling across this country. People are like, uh, you know, uh, enough, please. Is this, you know, the, legit? Should we be all concerned? And it felt as though like the news media jumped on this right away and was pumping it up right away, so much so that the president had to respond to it. Right. And we saw Friday, for example, even in a holiday shortened trading period on Wall Street, we saw, you know, stocks just nosedive on Friday and, and other global markets, financial markets around the world, too. So that was sort of the immediate reaction. And, and I think the eye rolling is, is probably very true because it's it's, it's oh. people essentially saying, oh, here we go again. again. But maybe we are going again here with with what is uh, termed as a variant of concern by some health officials, even as they're still trying to understand it and learn more about it, that it does appear uh, to possibly be more aggressive in terms of its transmission. Um, and then, therefore, that is going to, uh, you know, raise all kinds of questions about lockdowns and shutdowns and things. Although that was another part of what President Biden said today, John. He said he does not anticipate uh, the United States at this point needing to do what we had done in the past in terms of, of lockdowns and shutdowns. Um, although at this time, even though there, there's a lot that's still unknown about this, uh, the president was saying that, that he thinks that through vaccinations and, and that, those kinds of measures, preventative measures like that, that uh, that's going to be the best approach going forward for the U.S. All right. Well, heaven help us indeed. Great. You know, in, in reading about this early on over the weekend, I saw an article and then I went back to try to find it again. But there was it was something essentially about the World Health Organization and naming this Omicron uh, 
the variant that they had sw- they had sort of the WHO had jumped over the initials XI for this. Did you read of this at all? You know, I saw a headline and, and it was uh-huh. uh, had a conversation with somebody. I, I think it was that was that the the name where actually the next letter yes. in the Greek alphabet would exactly. have been new. I think I right. thought it was new, which is often pronounced knee. N-E-E. And I thought that there was, I thought what I had heard was that there was going to be confusion to say that there's a new variant um, and it's knee <laughs> or it's new or something to that effect. So I, see. I, I, I haven't, I haven't delved into that story specifically, John, to know exactly the reasoning for skipping to the next one. But uh, here we are at O and Omicron right, okay. or Omicron as some are pronouncing Omicron. It. Very, very trendy indeed, the pronunciation. All right. So uh, let's move forward to the Supreme Court. Um, major abortion case, of course, uh, Roe v. Wade. This is gigantic for the nation. Please talk about this. Right. This is the case that is stemming from Mississippi, and in Mississippi there is a state law uh, that would ban abortions after 15 weeks. That law has been on the books, or at least uh, originally enacted, three years ago. So it's taken this amount of time to make its way to the highest court in the nation. And on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, justices are going to be hearing arguments on both sides of of this issue. And a lot of legal analysts and and, uh, activists on both sides of the issue um, are are really um, putting out the idea here that there's not going to be a lot of middle ground uh, for the court to maneuver on this in terms of they're either going to have to reaffirm Roe v. Wade, which was the 1973 ruling that gave a constitutional right to an abortion in the United States, or the justices are going to have to say, you know, we're doing away with that ruling, essentially, and moving forward, you know, some 50 years later. And so that is what is at stake, and, uh, you know, activists on both sides are really, really geared up. And, of course, these are the arguments we're not going to know for uh, several months, likely, what the uh, the outcome, the ruling will be from the high court. It's, uh, it's really, really interesting. So this case would have major repercussions. Now, Greg... People say, well, um, if the case is ruled, you know, to strike down Roe v. Wade, essentially, this will roll back to the states, which, you know, the states, of course, will absorb and make their own rulings about abortion in their own case. Is that, the, is that how you see things? That's what, that's what my understanding is. So that uh, even, if, even if Roe v. Wade is overturned, uh, Mississippi and like two dozen other states that have joined this legal matter, this, this specific legal case that is before the court this week, then those, I think it's 26 states in all, they would have the ability to either outright ban or uh, severely restrict um, abortions in their individual states. So it would affect um, what I understand fairly immediately about half of the of the states in the country if, in fact, Roe v. Wade was overturned by this by this ruling. Interesting. So you said this goes uh, this starts in earnest on Wednesday of this week. Yes. Wednesday, the arguments will be heard, and um, you know, because of COVID, we have we're, you only have a handful of of the regular Supreme Court beat reporters and media representatives that are are typically always at the Supreme Court, and uh, and be, and for health reasons, there's there's going to be no you know audience in there, and so the, the court because of that has been allowing live audio to be. 
um, to be transmitted of the arguments. We've seen that in previous cases already this fall. That's the anticipation or expectation on Wednesday. So people, if they want to, they, they could listen in and, and tune in to hear the audio of the live arguments as they're happening. Oh, that's fabulous. Okay, good. Uh, live uh, arguments start on Wednesday. So, what, Greg, as you're in the White House and walking around Washington, D.C., when a case that's enormous like this, are there people who show up outside of the Supreme Court, you know, who are protesting or their presence is just there as a support or a detraction from the, what's going on inside the Supreme Court? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I've, been, uh, I've been at the Supreme Court for a number of cases to hear oral arguments. Many of them have been pro-life cases. And uh, this is absolutely one of the issues that uh, generates all kinds of involvement from people on, on both sides of mm-hmm. the issue. Uh, and even though um, even though you know people members of the public won't be allowed in because of covid restrictions um, i would i would be surprised if if nobody get, you know gathers outside i mean that's that's most likely going to happen because this is a very very emotional issue for a lot of a lot of people in this country srn news white house correspondent greg clugson is with us talking about what's happening in and around the nation's beltway and across the country uh, greg uh, of course the, the pain at the pump i filled up today i think i paid 360 per gallon for regular gas uh, I don't know what it's like uh, for you down in D.C. and in Maryland, but uh, President Biden has uh, made some steps to re- release some federal reserves of gasoline, yes? He did. This announcement came right before Thanksgiving, and he ordered the release of 50 million barrels from what is called the the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. So it's, it's sort of a, a stockpile of, of oil in this country for emergencies, national emergencies. And so he deemed it uh, appropriate to uh, tap in and get 50 million barrels of oil. Now, these 50 million barrels of oil aren't going to be immediately available. It'll be sort of a gradual release here over the next uh, number of weeks. And so it brings up a couple of questions. One, how do they settle on 50 million uh, barrels, which, by the way, (laughs) that is about two and a half a day's worth of supply in the United States. Two and a half, wow. So you think, hey, wow, 50 million barrels, but then when you realize that it, that's you know just a couple of days' worth of, of driving and, and, and usage across the United States. Wow. And then secondly, in past years, in past administrations, when presidents have made similar moves by tapping this reserve, the, the results have been you know, less than just, you know, fantastic. I mean, there might have been, uh, you know, a slight, a slight improvement yeah. at, the, at the gas pump, but it's often been uh, very temporary. So um, there was a lot of, there was a lot of uh, speculation as to whether this was more of a political move by the Biden White House, as opposed to a truly economic, you know, lever that they could pull in terms of really trying to, you know, bring some, some relief at the gas pump. Interesting. Yeah. So I saw t- today the prices had d- maybe dipped down a, a nickel or a dime per gallon or so, but two and a half days of, of usage, that's not going to mean anything to anybody. So it sort of does feel like grandstanding. And it could be very temporary if, if there's even a noticeable impact. And there could be. We just don't know yet. The other thing, too, is the price of oil uh, can, can fluctuate. And we saw that last Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, when, you know, with this new variant was announced, you know, the stocks went down. So did the price of oil. It dropped. But then again, today, the price was, was back up. So the White House uh, today confirming that there is no plan to reconsider the president's announcement from last week, even if there are fluctuations on the price of oil on the global market. Yes. No, Greg, I don't understand the, uh, the global market. But, you know, here we are in western Pennsylvania, which was sort of ground zero for, the, uh, for, for fracking. And 
of course, yeah. when fracking came in, we were sold, oh, listen, this is going to be energy independence for America. Well, here we are back again. We are beholden to OPEC. You know, what's interesting, too, is another another element to this entire debate is sort of the irony of the Biden administration, which is really pushing clean energy at the same time, you know, tapping into the oil reserves to get more oil, more gasoline out of the market to reduce prices. Uh, so it, it, it shows sort of, you know, the cross purposes that can, can confront any um, president while in office. Uh, it, it may bump up against an environmental policy that, uh, that Joe Biden has, but at the same time, he doesn't want there to be economic pain for voters and for Americans who are going to hold him responsible for this. We're talking with Greg Clugston from the White House, SRN News. So uh, as we get back from the uh, Thanksgiving uh, holiday, Greg, uh, Congress faces deadlines and packed schedules until their next Christmas break. Yeah, they do. And so this is we've we've talked about this here on this program for months in terms of leading up to what we anticipate uh, to be. Uh, a really jam-packed schedule here at the end of the year, and that starts this week. On Friday, the current federal budget will expire. And so that is uh, the first thing up for business for members of Congress as they're coming back to Congress today and tomorrow. And so government funding uh, running out in just four days' time, and already we're hearing of another possible temporary spending measure that would sort of uh, last for six to eight weeks, get us to the middle of January or the end of January. And so, again, it would be just a a temporary Band-Aid that would be placed on finalizing a budget for the United States federal government. And then the other, uh, one of the other big issues, John, and we've talked about this too, is the debt limit. Uh, This uh, was already temporarily increased, and the Treasury Secretary says that by the middle of December, so just a couple of weeks from now, uh, is when likely the government is going to be unable to uh, to repay its you know its loans and pay its bills, and so that is another uh, you know very politically you know volatile vote that's going to have to take place up on Capitol Hill. Unbelievable, Greg Clarkson, SRN News. Greg, uh, before you go, um, we saw uh, news today that people are saying, well, this should be the end of your Thanksgiving leftovers. Uh, they may be unhealthy to consume after today. Now, I, I'm not so sure about that. I'm willing to push it a little bit. I mean, seven days or so seems pretty safe. In the Clugston household, are you still eating leftovers? I had I had lunch up, yeah, leftovers here for lunch uh, that I brought from home here in the White House uh, basement today. And I'm with you. I think six or seven days is yeah. fine if everything's been refrigerated and all that. I, I think we're good. It's just whether or not you can stomach one more meal, I guess, of, of leftover turkey and, and sweet potatoes. Right. I went in the other day and saw some Tupperware. Someone said, oh, those are leftover giblets. And you think, <laughs> I really don't need giblets. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for checking in. Appreciate the contributions of bringing us up to date around the nation's capital. I enjoy it too, John. Thanks. Have Thank a good you. week. Greg Clugston, SRN News, White House Correspondent. Information, wordfm.com. How much do you have saved for retirement? Now, cut that number in half. That's the impact inflation could have on your retirement. Have you thought about that and how it will affect your retirement plans? If not, you should. Recently, inflation's been over 5%, but even at the historical average of 3%, the value of your savings could be cut in half in 20 years. So what can you do? Start by getting a free booklet from Kurt Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Group. It will help you understand how inflation could impact you and show you simple ways to prepare for it. To get your copy of this free booklet from Kurt Kenotic and the Accurate Solutions Group team, call or text INFLATION to 412-515-3555. 
That's inflation to 412-515-3555. Inflation, you can't stop it, but you may be able to minimize its impact on your retirement. Call or text inflation to 412-515-3555. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services are offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm. Are you facing yet another holiday season alone? When was the last time you met someone you were really excited about? Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. If you're looking for the answers to these questions, I've got a solution. I'm personally inviting you to join me and thousands of women just like you to my free Married in 12 Months Challenge that's happening now at lovestories.com. Just sign up for my free Married in 12 Months Challenge at lovestories.com. That's lovestories.com. Suffering from junk sleep? The sleep experts at Mattress Firm can help. Shop the Cyber Week sale and save up to $500 on a king bed for a queen price or a queen for a twin. Plus, pair the mattress of your dreams with a free adjustable base with qualifying purchase. Fever is a potential sign of COVID or the flu. And the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Be vigilant and seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Be accurate with Exergen. Exergen Temporal Scanners, available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Hello, Word FM listeners. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager at Salem Media here in Pittsburgh. Looking to upgrade your career? Increase your annual earnings? At Salem Media, we sell advertising campaigns to local business owners using our radio stations and Salem Surround assets featuring over 50 social media and digital products. If you have more than two years of successful outside sales experience, proficient computer skills, and a drive to be the best, please go to Salem.cc and look for Pittsburgh under the Careers tab. Salem Media Pittsburgh is an equal opportunity employer. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home too at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. Cloudy skies expected for tonight with a bit of snow late, accumulating a coating to an inch. Untreated surfaces will be slippery. We'll see a low of 29. Variable cloudiness on tap for tomorrow. Tomorrow's high, 43. Mostly cloudy skies tomorrow night with a low of 30. Wednesday, mostly cloudy and breezy. We'll reach a high Wednesday of 43. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Hey, Happy New Year. I mean, Happy Church New Year, right? Advent. Yesterday was the first Sunday of Advent, which I love. I'm, we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But in uh, doing my readings, um, let, let me read quickly. Oh, well, I'm not like I'm going to hustle this along. <laughs> Sorry. Like I'm going to hustle along. <laughs> the reading of God's Word. Like, like, like God's going to appreciate that. Hey, John. Could you hustle along there? What the heck? Let me read AS Psalm 85, and I'm not going to hustle along. Okay, Psalm 85. I love this, and this is interesting to me. This is to me is Advent, because the wrath of God, I and mean, we've got to, we put the cart before the horse often, right? Here's Psalm 85. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. You withdrew all your wrath. You turned from your hot anger. 
Restore us again, O God of our salvation, and put away your indignation toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. Isn't that beautiful? That's Psalm 85. So, yeah, we're going to go through this period, right? I mean, I love this, the Advent season. And it's not all Christmas lights. It's not. That has to wait a while. We're so, we've been consumed by commercialism, right? So we're just, we're jumping in. We're allowing the secularists to dictate the season when they should not, when we should not allow that, when we should have enough self-knowledge and study and the glory of words of God's word to allow us first to delve into the wrath of God and to know his grace and forgiveness. But wrath first in this beginning of the new year. We'll talk in a few minutes. I, I want to replay a, a segment that we did last year with uh, W. David O. Taylor about Advent. So stay with us for that, please, as we go into this holiest of holy seasons. Stick around. This is The Ride Home. We are Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Word FM, W-O-R-D. This week on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie presents a fascinating message called What I Would Tell My Younger Self. What guiding principles are important to share with the younger generation or any generation? Pastor Greg explores that this week. Tune in for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, weekday mornings at 1030 on WORD. We want everybody to have a level of comfort knowing that they're in a safe environment, that they're in a caring environment, and that their health and well-being is our top priority. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We are constantly screening both ourselves and patients. I want my patients to know that we are there for them. When they are ready, we are here. You're going to be safe. You're going to be well cared for. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. It's a fact that MyPillow doesn't have their box stores or any shopping channels available for their product anymore. And because of that, they are passing their extra savings directly to you. You can get the lowest price in the history of MyPillow for their classic standard MyPillow, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98 with a promo code. They also have queen size, regularly $79.98, only $24.98 with a promo code. Or king size, regularly $89.98, now only $29.98 with a promo code. 
MyPillow is not just pillows. They also have over 150 products, everything from sleepwear to my new beds. Promo code also works on mystore.com and frankspeech.com. Go to MyPillow.com, call 1-800-391-0954. Use the promo code WORD to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his standard MyPillow. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or by calling right now, 800-391-0954 for the best deal on MyPillow. Is something missing in your life? There might just be an empty space that only Jesus Christ can fill. Join us for what God is doing at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, downtown. By the way, getting here for Sunday worship at 1045 isn't so hard. Parking is available at the Mellon Square Garage or the garages on Oliver Avenue behind the church. Come for worship, then stay and get to know downtown. God has blessed us to bless this great city. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. next guest is David O. Taylor, his assistant professor of theology and culture at Fuller Theological Seminary. David's newest book is wonderful, really just an excellent, excellent book, Open and Unafraid, The Psalms as a Guide to Life. And David's here today to talk to us about an uh, Advent meditation. Hey, David, how are you? Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, John. I appreciate it. Yeah, David, welcome back. And uh, Merry Christmas ahead of time or Happy Advent to you. (laughs) Both. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's talk about this idea. Um, God wasn't in a hurry. At the, the scripture tells us that at the perfect time, um, mm. Jesus is Jesus came. So not one minute too early, not one minute too late. That that is that is uh, how it appears to be. Um, you know, it's easy to read scripture and then you collapse. Um, you know, time and chronologies and spans of days and decades and centuries. But when you actually pay attention, there's an extraordinary amount of time that it takes for God to arrive on the scene and to do his work. And uh, I always find that that that, um, that catches my attention. At least it uh, it slows me down and uh, makes me wonder, what, what kind of God is it who takes so much time to do his good work. And you see that in Jesus' ministry. And I, I think that's why I appreciate Advent is this invitation to slow down and attend and to wait and to reckon with the fact that, that God does arrive, mm-hmm. but not always on the time scale that we would like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, David, if anything, you know, I, I... I'm on pins and needles and every day is, you know, I get anxious and, and, and try to uh, try to push that anxiousness away. But I, I know that, you know, Advent, this little Lent, uh, I'm supposed to be mm. doing something else instead of being anxious. And so I know that, you know, the, the pandemic has taught me in many ways, you know, that God's timing is not necessarily my timing as anxious and unsettled as we can get. I mean, I think you're right. I, I mean, I guess I would say that, 
uh, waiting well doesn't come naturally to us as human beings. That we have to actually be taught and trained to wait. You know, you do with kids <laughs> all the time, whether it's for a meal or vacation or seeing friends. You're constantly saying things like, "It's going to happen. It's going to come." Ten minutes. Do something while you're waiting. You know, all these things that that yeah. help form children. Adults need that, and, and unless we're taught and trained, and I think the Advent, in particular, and church calendar in general, are a way for us as Christians to be deeply formed in hope-filled and faith-filled waiting, and the alternative is a faithless and a hopeless waiting, which usually gets into, into trouble, I think. Mm. I think the 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 time um, that you brought up is uh, is oftentimes the challenge. I had I'm not the kind of person, um, David, who hears God talk to them often. Um, it's, mm. I've only heard God say things to me very few times in my life. Mm. Um, but mm. I remember one time um, God saying to me, "I'd been praying for something in particular um, that was just very very." vital uh to me mm. and he said he told me he said what you have prayed for i am about to do and i'm telling you mm. i heard that like it was mm. uh it wasn't audible but i would i knew mm-hmm. i knew that it, all i can tell you is that, that i knew it was him anyway mm. he was mm. as good as his word but it took five years mm. and uh that that, had, that was such a lesson for me because when i heard that yeah. from god i thought oh so I'm about to do it. Like he's, I'm about to do to me means mm. this is Sunday. Mm. So you're going to start that Monday or that's mm-hmm. going to happen on Monday. And it took five years and it was completely fulfilled, but that is a long time to me. It was a long time. Yeah. Right. Well, it seems to me that Advent is this little microcosm of the macrocosm of our life, that our entire life is full of experiences of waiting, you know, waiting for a job, waiting for a family, waiting to the store, our whole life, you know, the very end, you know, is this narrative of waiting, and Advent is this beautiful invitation to immerse ourselves in a whole host of stories, you know, nativity, stories of Matthew and Luke that show us all the ways in which everything from Anna and Simeon, you know, to Mary and Joseph and, uh, shepherds and, you know, wise men, they're all waiting. They're all anticipating. But waiting isn't merely a thought. You don't just think about waiting. You don't just feel waiting. You become disciplined. It's like an athlete. You know, you prepare to be a hope-filled, faith-filled, waiting kind of um, person. And I I, I see that all throughout the narratives, the activity narratives, Advent is a period that I can you know, enter into fully once a year to say, gosh, how are my waiting muscles feeble mm. or defective? Mm. Um, so, um, okay. So then, and it's true. I, I believe this in, in your piece, you do talk about the, the feebleness of our, of our waiting muscles. Yeah. So while, while you're waiting, David, then what are you, I, I mean, it's an odd question, but what are you doing to pass the time, so to speak? I mean, <laughs> is, is that even fair? <laughs> right. That's a great question. I was actually thinking about that to myself today. What do I do um, to be a hopeful, faithful, rather than faithless, hopeless? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, some of it is pretty straightforward business. You know, the Psalms 
talk at length about the work of meditation, which again, isn't just cogitating. It's like gnawing on a bone. And so what are we gnawing on? You know, what is it that we're chewing on like a dog on a bone? Well, we're gnawing on things that are true about the character of God that we forget, right? You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Well, in actual fact, I want a lot. And, and unless I have this deep, deep sense that I have been gnawing on the truth that he is faithful, he is my shepherd, there's a good chance that I'll begin to believe that I live in an economy of scarcity, where I will always be wanting, right? So I want to be meditating on these things, but I think Advent, in addition to meditating on who Jesus is, you know, who the Father, who the Spirit are, there's also a season of self-examination, you know, of, of penance and penitence and what is the content of my heart? And that's not just me by myself. It's me with my wife or me with friends or my community saying, Hey, I, I, I think I, I got some, some crummy corrosive stuff in my heart. Would you help me process it so that I can wait well and so that I will be protected from the temptation of reaching for false surrogates, um, you know, golden calves, that may satisfy me uh, at some level, but ultimately be corrosive to my soul. Mm-hmm. Well, I really like that, um, that economy of scarcity. I wish we could get into that, David. Our time's just about up. Um, but, you know, maybe next time when you're here, we can talk more about what it mm. means um, to live a life if we believe that we do live in an economy of scarcity when it comes to God mm. and his character and promises, mm. or mm. if we don't. I think that's right. well, that could really change a lot of things. Um, David, thank mm. you for being here again. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you've written a beautiful yeah, our- piece, The God Who Takes His Time in Advent Meditation, W. David O. Taylor. Listen, open and unafraid, the Psalms is a guide to life. Beautiful. Book. It's one of the top books of the year. Yeah. Please find out. Why are cash out refinances such a big deal right now? Uncle Ryan tries to teach me something. I will say one thing, you know, I really feel like right now might be a once in a lifetime opportunity. I've been doing this for 18 years now, and I've just never seen a market where the rates are so low and values across the country have skyrocketed as much as they have. That combination, um, I remember one couple in particular, they were looking to do some home improvements at the house, but they were worried about their payments going up. Well, with rates being so low and them building up so much equity in the home over the last few years, we were able to get them to cash out for those home improvements and their payments actually went down a little bit. Every single situation is different, but it does happen more often than you think. So it definitely does not hurt to call. We are United, United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. Think what you could do with that. But if you join right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. So that's another $170 you'll save. And MediShare is really different. It's a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. More than 400,000 people are members, and they've shared over $4 billion in medical bills. So, yes, they can handle your bills, too. This may be the time to make the switch. Join before November 
30th for the additional savings. It's so easy to find out more. They're great to talk to. In fact, you can get a price within two minutes. Here's the number. Call 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. Christmas at the Spring House in 84 means lots of activities. Although we don't look like elves, we certainly feel like Santa's helpers as we go about our daily chores. In the bake shop, we're making pie dough and pie fillings from scratch to produce the best homemade pies you've ever tasted. The favorites are raspberry, apple crumb, caramel walnut, pumpkin, and sour cherry. And we're also doing all kinds of breads and cookies for gifts or just for good eating. In the basket making area, we're putting together wonderful country gift baskets just popping full and topped with beautiful bows. We like to say they're no fluff. They're just filled with good stuff. In the smokehouse, we're smoking round the clock our own hickory smoked hams, turkeys, and even salmon. And I almost forgot we're also making our own eggnog with fresh milk from our own cows, and it's wonderful. Throughout the Springhouse store, we're filled with country gifts that will delight the young and the young at heart. Come to the Springhouse in 84 for an old-fashioned Christmas. Hear that sound? It's priceless. Because in every heartbeat, there's information that could change the way we think about heart health. Heartline is an app-based research study from Johnson & Johnson in collaboration with Apple, where you can share your heart information and earn rewards for completing study activities. Building knowledge that could advance heart health for everyone, beat by beat by beat. If you're 65 or older and have an iPhone, you could be eligible to take part. Go to heartline.com visit to learn more. The Heartline Study. Know your heart. First day of hunting season was Saturday. I'm not a hunter. It's just not been part of my family. And I I regret that in many ways, you know, because I, I know guys who go out with their sons and uh, spend a lot of excellent time with each other outdoors. I mean, it, it looks fabulous, but it's just not something I'm connected with at all. Um, but God bless those men and women who are out in the woods right now, man. <laughs> it's cold out there, I'm sure, but it's super cool. Uh, Christy, uh, you come from a hunting family? Is your dad out there? Nope, he's not. See, it's a family thing, isn't yeah. it? Right? Uh, yeah. But uh, boy, uh, I, I see. I, I was coming into work today and I saw a guy in a pickup truck with a deer hanging on the back and you think, you got his thing. Yeah, well, you're making a face like, I mean, I, I, I appreciate it. My brother-in-law is a big hunter and uh, he's always, you know, he's giving me uh, his venison jerky. Yeah, I'll take it. But it like the whole process kind of grosses me out thinking about what they have to do. Yeah, I get it. Right. That's just how it is because we're spoiled by going to the, the grocery store. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, my wife's family, they're uh, South Dakotans and um, they're pheasant hunters which is a totally different, as you might imagine, a totally different feel. And um, I've been with the, these guys, you know, my brother-in-law's walking the fields, and uh, that's super cool. You know, they flush up some birds, and boom, there you go. They're off to the races. And the, the deer hunting thing seems to be for the very, very patient person, doesn't it? Very, very patient. So anyway, you're out there. God bless you all. Hey, um, you see the uh, the word of the year? The word of the year, uh, the people from uh, Webster's have uh, dropped their word of the year. This happens all the time, right? The, the, the dictionary people. It's more, I think, just a, so you get people like us talking about what the word of the year is. So the, uh, if you did not know, the word of the year, again, the rolling of the eyes, is the vac- is vaccine word of the year. The good people from uh, Miriam Webster's. So I wonder when, you know, when you think, uh, I was thinking, well, what's my word of the year? 
right? Uh, I guess it could be vaccine, you know. Uh, yeah, I've 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 been vaccinated, but other people, you know, uh, you know, I've got family. People would say, "What's your word of the year?" Some people would say, "Corruption." Some people would say, "Enough." Some people would say, um, "Anxious," right? That, there was that conversation as well. Some people would say, um, "Resilient." That's a good word of the year. Other people, I you know, at our round hope. Yeah, I mean, it, it sort of runs the gamut of what, to, depending upon what your political, your your theological, your Christian worldview is, right? I mean, they, they've unfortunately what's happened now is that they've sort of melded into each other, and that's the, that's where we are, especially as believers. You know how you worship on Sunday morning, you're hopefully shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow with people who have different political stripes, but together you're one under the body and blood of Jesus Christ. But man, that's the word of the year. Vaccine is the word of the year. But uh, I'd say if you're you're fortunate enough to be around the dinner table this evening, ask each other, take a few minutes and think about, do you have a word, Christy? Do you have a word of the year? I think my word of the year is new. New, yeah, oh, yeah, because you are new. I'm right? new here. I yeah. have a new church family. Oh, so you are new. Yeah, I have a lot of newness in right. my year, in my life this year. I like that. Yeah, yeah. New is good, oftentimes, right? Wouldn't well, be nice to have a new car smell, right? I like to have a new car smell, but man, uh, it might be a while. Anyway, thanks, Mike Smith. But uh, yeah, the word of the year. My word. I think my word of the year, and I'm not going to be, uh, is hope. I'm always hopeful. Right, I'm hopeful in this moment, despite where we are economically, socially, politically. If our hope is in Christ, it supersedes everything. Right, and I'm not going to preach to you. You know as well as I do. If you're a believer, right, the hope is in Christ is first and foremost. But you know, it's where we are politically. Right, corruption enough. I'm not even going to say other stuff because I've. I go, oh, I'm not even going to bother to, to inform that. Do we get emails? Well, because people get already. You know, you step. Just you have to talk about it. You have to say it. You have to tell what's on people's minds. It's on my mind as well. But man, some of the stuff I read, I go, oh, that's rough. Come on, people, that's rough. I think you got to have hope in. G- I'm not even saying. I think I know. Beyond a shadow of it, I know that you have to have hope in Jesus first and foremost. If you call yourself a believer in Christ, it supersedes everything. Everything else is way second. There's Christ and then everything else in the background. Unfortunately, we push it, push it, push it, push it, push it until things overtake Jesus. And that's the heartache of it all. And I'm believe, I'm not pointing the finger. I'm, I, I can be as guilty as you are. I know that for sure. <sighs> What a world, huh? And then you wake up to yesterday. Oh, there's a variant. Now we're doing this again. No wonder you see people angry, people upset, people, you know. Hey, let me switch gears. I was watching a little bit of uh, 60 Minutes last night. Do you know who Rita Moreno is? Rita Moreno? No. Rita Moreno, um, she was a star. She first, I think, came to stardom in the 1960s with the movie West Side Story. She won an Oscar. Um, um, she won an Oscar as the first Hispanic person. I mean, it's a fact. That woman, 
and what women especially endured. And she talked about this. I saw this. They did a, like a little sort of profile on her last night at 60 Minutes from the casting couch of 1960s Hollywood. She told it like it was. And I, she, you know what? Rita Marino, it turns 90. So when you're 90, do you think that you're allowed to have the grace of telling the truth of where you've been in your life? Especially from that perspective, a woman in Hollywood in the 1960s and a Puerto Rican woman. She brought it. I loved her. Really powerful stuff. Anyway, those are my musings today on a Friday. It's a Friday. It's a Monday. It's a Monday. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy. Stick around. we got much more ahead. Our our 5 o'clock hour, we're jam-packed. We're going to talk about uh, numbers with Ryan Birch and also uh, grief care. Of course, it's where we are in this day and age. Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Two Republican senators are criticizing White House medical advisor Anthony Fauci for saying it's dangerous to disagree with him on COVID-19. Fauci told Face the Nation on Sunday Senators Rand Paul and Ted Cruz disagreed with him because he represents science. He also called their criticisms of him dangerous. Senator Paul tweeted in response, quote, It's astounding and alarming that a public health bureaucrat would even think to claim such a thing, especially one who has worked so hard to ignore the science of natural immunity. Tweet Senator Cruz, Fauci is an unelected technocrat who has distorted science and facts in order to exercise authoritarian control over millions of Americans. Bob Agner reporting. Both sides telling the Supreme Court there's no middle ground in Wednesday's showdown over abortion. The justices can either reaffirm the constitutional right to an abortion or wipe it away altogether. This is SRN News. I'm Pastor Bill Brainsma of the Pittsburgh Protestant Reformed Church in Forest Hills. Have you ever thought about the work of Jesus Christ in salvation? There is much he has done to deliver sinners from their sin and make them into the people of God's kingdom in this world. I would like to pursue that subject in the next several broadcasts, beginning with the work of Christ in our regeneration. Regeneration is the initial work of Christ in the heart of a person he saves. This biblical word simply means to be born again. Jesus speaks of this work to a man named Nicodemus in John 3 verse 3. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There are several truths that become clear in these few words of Jesus. We hope to explore these in the next several broadcasts. In the meantime, be sure to check out our website at prcpittsburgh.org, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a fact that MyPillow doesn't have their box stores or any shopping channels available for their product anymore. And because of that, they are passing their extra savings directly to you. You can get the lowest price in the history of MyPillow for their classic standard MyPillow, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98 with a promo code. They also have queen size, regularly $79.98, only $24.98 with a promo code. Or king size, regularly $89.98, now only $29.98 with a promo code. MyPillow is not just pillows. They also have over 150 products, everything from sleepwear to my new beds. Promo code also works on mystore.com and frankspeech.com. 
Go to MyPillow.com, call 1-800-391-0954. Use the promo code WORD to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his standard MyPillow. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or by calling right now, 800-391-0954 for the best deal on MyPillow. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. Hello, Word FM listeners. I'm Andrew Poir. General Sales Manager at Salem Media here in Pittsburgh. Looking to upgrade your career? Increase your annual earnings? At Salem Media, we sell advertising campaigns to local business owners using our radio stations and Salem Surround assets featuring over 50 social media and digital products. If you have more than two years of successful outside sales experience, proficient computer skills, and a drive to be the best, please go to Salem.cc and look for Pittsburgh under the Careers tab. Salem Media Pittsburgh is an equal opportunity employer. Cloudy skies expected for tonight with a bit of snow late, accumulating a coating to an inch. Untreated surfaces will be slippery. We'll see a low of 29. Variable cloudiness on tap for tomorrow. Tomorrow's high, 43. Mostly cloudy skies tomorrow night with a low of 30. Wednesday, mostly cloudy and breezy. We'll reach a high Wednesday of 43. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming alive. Well, you are alive. I'm, I'm alive, too. <laughs> like what I just re- I raised you up. Thanks for coming alive. What the heck? You can tell it's Monday and Kath isn't here. I mean, yeah, you tuned in, you're, now you're alive. I guess I am as well. Anyway, Kathy's in here. You may have caught a uh, drift of that. Um, but thank, uh, thanks for being with us today here. Um, so it's Advent, right? This is the beginning. We've just gone through Thanksgiving. Loved it. Fabulous. And uh, I wonder, are you the kind of person who as soon as we're here, we're here, right? Christmas is upon us. The Advent season is upon Are you listening to Christmas carols? Is this something that's part of your life? Um Christy, wait, I see you in there. You, you, you. I've been listening to Christmas music for, what? for like a month and a half. Really? Yeah. I can't do that. I'm not listening to it yet. I'm happy to hear it sort of like in somebody else's you know, circle. A month and a half. Well, yeah. you get like two and a half months of Christmas songs? Oh, yeah. I started watching Hallmark Christmas movies back uh, in October. See, I'm not even doing that ever. <laughs> and I don't have anything against them. I just, that's, that's not my cup of tea. I'll sit there all night with a little cup of hot chocolate. Really? Yep. All things Christmas, you are. Okay, so I saw a piece today, a ranking of 100 Christmas songs. The ranking. Now, this is um, someone uh, in the Washington Post, Alexandria Petri, and she says, you know, there comes a time when you're forced to rank something, so it's now it's, it's her turn. So she's got a Spotify list. Now, you are you listening, Christy, on Spotify? Are you doing random plays? Nope, Spotify. What do you got? You got somebody's list you're following along? Yeah. It's, or I don't know if it's made by Spotify or... Their list. Yeah. 
Okay, so go into it then. Um, are you? Um, it's a mix, right? Obviously, right? Yeah. Do you do Christmas hymns? Do you have a list for that? Um, I don't think I have a list for that. Christmas I just hymns. like go in and type in Christmas music, and, they, and get, it gets like a mix of like Bing Crosby to the Jonas Brothers. Right. Yeah. The Bing Crosby David Bowie thing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's the worst. That's the worst to me. It really is. That's like 1972 far reaching of. Whatever. Okay. All right. So uh, l- let me just run by a few of these songs in the list, and um, uh, and I'll get your take on them. Her her worst song. The, so she does one through a hundred. Number one hundred is her worst. And I might agree with this. Little drummer boy. All right. I mean. I mean. Yeah. That song. I. <laughs> Rumpa bum bum. Gets stuck in your head. It does get stuck in your head. I mean, I. The reason I dislike the Little Drummer Boy a lot is before because of the aforementioned Bing Crosby and David Bowie. That yeah. gets stuck in my head. And I can't sing that song without seeing the two of them together. <laughs> All right. Sad uh, day. How about um, Rudolph? Rudolph the Red Nose? Yeah. How high? Are you asking me how high up that is? Would you say, uh, no, is that a favorite, a middling, or you dislike it? It's a fave. A fave for me yeah. as well. Yeah. Now, for our, our person here who's ranking, it's decidedly um, one of her worst. Oh, She's okay. like ranking at 97. Rudolph, I mean, there's something kind of fun and kind and sweet and, dare I say, innocent about it, yes. right? What about the movie? What about the animation? Love it. Me the, too. The little claymation. You know, I wish I had a list of that, the, you know, of like the specials. Have we missed them already? Are they... uh, I think one of them was on KDK the other night. Charlie Brown? Maybe that's what it was. Mm, Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, because I do like the uh, Rudolph Red Nose. Uh, good. I mean, that's like that's like from Classic. 1963, I bet. It's so early. It's really, it's been around forever. Okay, what about, um, don't they know it's Christmas? You know that song? No, I don't know that song. It was like one of those. I think it's one of those like celebrity fundraiser things. I believe it was. Not on my list. All right. Um, what's your take on tri- Trans-Siberian Orchestra? I love them. Do you? Yeah. My kids love them. I do not love them. It's kind of like techno pop. Yeah. It's good. Mm. It leaves me wanting. It does. That's like a little um, big money engine, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because that's what they do. That's all they do, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if it's all they do, but I probably. So. Trans-Siberian. How about um, Mary Did You Know? Oh, so good. Excellent. Way up there. Yes. Right? That's, to me, that's top 10. Has to be. Yeah. And our reviewers, it's 93 for Oh, her. wow. Well, she might not be a well. believer. Right? Mary Did You Know. Fabulous. Uh, is there a, a version uh, of it? Or is, you know, because every, everyone does it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I have a favorite version. Mm. I'll just sit there and sing it in my car. Maybe did you know? Yep. How about uh, the the Twelve Days of Christmas? Oh, all I can ever think about is the Office episode, so it's down <laughs> on my list. <laughs> Wait, so that's like not on your list it's at all? It's not. That's gone. Do you, when you're listening to your Christmas playlist, do you often, you know, move forward? Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like this comes on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, how about this song? This is I heard the bells on Christmas Day. I like that I song. I like that song. That's like a really, that's sort of like Dickens to me. Yes. You know what? That's a good explanation of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It evokes a different time, right? How about Hark the Herald Angels Sing? 
It's a good one. I love it as well. Singing in church all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Um, let me see. Let me. T- uh, I'm not even going to mention those because they're horrible. Um, uh, do, do, do. Uh, what are you doing for New Year's Eve? You know that song? Yeah. What do you do? Uh, how about, uh, oh, the Holly and the Ivy. Oh, I don't know that one. Oh, that's a great, that's again, to me, sort of like a Dickens thing. Oh, the Holly and the Ivy. You don't know that. No, I'll have to look it oh, up on a, my car right home. It's a beautiful song. One of my favorites. Um, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Jam. Jamming it. You're yeah. turning it up. Heck yeah. Cranking it. Um, yeah, okay. Rocking Around <laughs> the Christmas Tree. How about um, I Saw Three Ships? Don't know it. Oh, again, that's the sort of Holly and the Ivy kind of thing. Same thing. Uh, what child is this? Awesome. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Um, mm, Holly Jolly Christmas. I'll listen to it. I mean, is that Burl Ives? Have a Holly uh, Jolly Christmas. I don't know. Christmas. It gets my toes tapping. Oh, it does. Um, oh, how about this song? This song has gotten controversy over the years. Baby, It's Cold Outside. I, I came on the other day. Uh, and it's- did you... I listened to it, and then I was like, well, and now I like really listened to it. I'm like, yeah, I see why. Of course you can see why. Yeah. Right? I mean, that was a gigantic hit for many, many a year. Yeah. Now it's been Not sort now. of- No, it's been sort of pushed away. Canceled. Uh, <laughs> canceled. Maybe it's called a time. Canceled. <laughs> Done. Uh, how about In the Bleak Midwinter? I don't know it. Oh, again, that's- In the Bleak Midwinter. Oh, that's a beautiful song. Uh- all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Love it. <laughs> so good. How about the Red Baron song? Do you know that song? No. Oh, that was like a 60s Snoopy thing. That was a gigantic, that was like mainstream pop radio. Uh, the Snoopy, uh, the Red Baron song. Oh, Holy Night. Love it. Mm-hmm. Jingle Bell Rock. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Away in a Manger. Yep. Lovely. Jingle Bells. I have to. can play that all right. on the guitar. Oh, you, you know, can, yeah, can you? Yeah. I did not know you had a little musical talent there. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're doing that. Oh, oh you're definitely no. bringing a guitar into the studio. No, no. Um, White Christmas. Yes. Love it. And the movie itself. Yes, yep. Mm-hmm. How about this song? Because I just watched the Beatles thing. Happy Christmas, War is Over. I've never heard you, it. Come on. No. And so 100%. this is Christmas. You don't know that song? No. And what have you done? Oh, yeah. It's a weird song. I mean, I can't even say, I guess, the only way it's a Christmas song is because they say Christmas in it. Um, let me see. Feliz Navidad? Yeah. I want to wish. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my voice is changing there. Uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Love it. Me too. I played that when I decorated with my Christmas I, tree. <laughs> are you up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got it all out. Do you? Yeah. When did you do that? Last night. Holy smokes. <laughs> You got the Christmas thing going. Santa Claus is coming to town. Yep. Love it. Uh, most wonderful time of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Deck the halls. Deck the halls. Yep. yep. That's my song. <laughs> uh, all I want for Christmas is you. Oh, yeah. Is that Mar- Mariah Carey? I don't know that. Yeah. Uh, Dominic the Donkey? I don't know that. I don't know what that is. I know people. Who, I, I should know what that is. Have yourself a merry little Christmas? Yeah. Uh, number one for them. Oh, oh, how about Carol the Bells? Love it. Silver Bells. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Number one song for this person is Good King Wenceslas. <laughs> that's, a we- that's a weird number one. I think so as well. Good King Wenceslas. <laughs> that's all right. Anyway, tis the season, is it not? All right, we'll take a quick break, come back. Ryan Burrs is with us. Ryan's a regular guest on our show. He's got something really – I love this. 
Um, I'm not going to tell you what it is because <laughs> I get too many papers. Stick around. It's the ride home. It's Bruce Christian Talk, Word FM. WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. If for one week you could read the letters that we get at Turning Point, you would realize that false doctrine is running rampant across this country. It's important if you're a Christian to know what you believe and to know that you do believe. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Living in the Light, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That is windowsrspittsburgh.com. Do you pay for your own health insurance? Are you self-employed, a gig worker? Are you a small business owner trying to help your employees find affordable benefits? If so, listen up. My name is Tom Yakupin, and you can save 25 to 50% or more on your monthly premiums and have benefits with first dollar protection on many common outpatient services. That's right, no deductible, no copayments. With many traditional health plans, you're functionally uninsured because of deductibles, copays, and other cost sharing devices that benefit the insurance company, but not you. With New Era Health Plans, you can access doctors, hospitals, and urgent care facilities with our freedom of choice nationwide PPO network, including Washington Hospital, St. Clair, Allegheny General, and UPMC. Call me, Tom Yakupin, 724-228-7187, or visit us online at NewEraHealthPlans.com. Do you have a loved one entering a nursing home? There's a lot at stake. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Depending on your family's long-term care goals, there are important decisions that should be made before a facility is needed. Talk to a qualified legal professional today. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we can help your family navigate the complicated Medicaid rules so that you can properly save some or all of your life savings from a long-term care crisis. Before you apply, contact Abernathy and Hagerman at a-h.law. I think to be a believer is often to be our own worst enemy, right? I mean, the cock crows three times. Not me. I, I what? I didn't. Who are you? We are. We just do ourselves a disservice. How, how do you say? We, how do you? And, I, and I'm raising my hand here. We love Jesus, but we are like horrible witnesses. We just are. And you know, just what life is. Dr. Ryan Burge is back with us. Dr. Burge is Assistant Professor of Political Science at Eastern Illinois University. Here to talk to us about a paper and then numbers from that paper, a theory of political backlash assessing the religious rights effects 
on the religious field. Ryan, how are you doing? Good, man. How are you, John? Good. I can't complain. And I saw this that you uh, you put out on your uh, tweet thread, and um, Ruth Bronstein wrote this paper that you picked up on and uh, have really provided some insights as well. But it is true, right? I mean, what Ruth is saying, we're horrible. We are our own worst enemy. Yeah, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And I think when we think about the rise of sort of the modern evangelical movement did a lot of really good things for the kingdom, yep. right? Grew from 17% of Americans were evangelicals in 1972 up to 30% by 1993. Wow. But I think we're living in sort of the aftermath of that rapid rise and what it means for American culture. Hmm. So the, the rise in the disaffiliation, right? I mean, people are saying, I, I'm a nun. I have no religious affiliation whatsoever, and I don't want any to where we are, you know, in the sweet spot of what it is to be a believer, an evangelical, there is a a wide variety of people who have logged in and have opinions about where they are on the spectrum. Yeah. They're very, and the thing is, and this is what I have to constantly tell people, the people that post on social media feel the most about the things they post about, right? The the moderate voices oftentimes are easily forgotten when it comes to things like politics and religion. So it seems like the loudest voices when it comes to religion, especially, are the atheists on one side who right, are anti-religion, trying to convince you that religions have caused for bad things in the world. Yeah. And then, you know, your evangelicals on the other side who want to talk a lot about Jesus and the goodness of religion. The reality is that those two groups represent less than one third of the American population. And the other two thirds sort of lives in the middle where they are, a lot of them are religious, but not overtly so and don't feel very passionate about it. So I think we have to remember that the loudest voices often are not the most representative voices. They're the most you know, sure. on the edge voices on both sides. Right. So the posters are the most passionate, the ones who are more willing to speak out. And there's a big, soft middle center. The uh, I have a friend, uh, Amanda Friesen, she did these uh, focus groups with a bunch of sort of moderate Protestants and asking like, why don't you go to rallies and protests and strikes and all these things? And, and one of them raised their hand very meekly in the middle and go, Hey, moderates don't March. And I think I'm going to write a book at some point called moderates don't March. And I think that's the problem is like, you know, like the silent majority is the moderate majority. And I think it's very, very easy to overlook that. Interesting. Okay, so delve down into some numbers for us. When, when you think about the political backlash and the religious rights effects on the religious field and our own hamstring of ourselves, what do you come up with? So the, the, the link between politics and religion is something that I think a lot of people don't want to talk about as much. And I actually do shy away from when I give presentations and things, because I know how, how divisive politics can be, but it's impossible to say that what where we're, where we are religiously right now is not related intimately with what happened was happened politically hundred percent right now. So if you look at the data, 42% of people who identify as politically liberal also say they have no religious affiliation. Whoa, okay. So whoa. almost half. Um, and even if you look at other data, it's close to 50% of white people who are liberal have no religious affiliation. And then amongst people who identify as conservative, it's around 10 or 12% of them uh, say they have no religious affiliation. So you can draw a straight line between, you know, religious ideology or political ideology and religious affiliation. They're so linked together that it's impossible to pull them apart. Interesting. Okay. So then if you're a conservative, odds are, or the percentages are that you are a believer as well. That's exactly right. So 75% of the Republican party today are white Christians. 
So it's basically, you know, we've seen this thing that's happened in American politics where the Republican Party's figured out that white Christianity is their base. And they've done very well with that. I mean, they're, they're winning races. They won the White House in 2016. 75% of them are white Christians. And only 38% of the Democratic Party is white Christians. And, you know, the, the Democratic Party is this really interesting mix. I always say if I was running a campaign, politics aside, I'd rather run a Republican campaign than a Democratic campaign because Democrats have to keep Hispanic Protestants and, and Hispanic Catholics and white Catholics and atheists and Muslims all happy with one platform, while the Republican platform basically has to hit one note over and over again, which is sort of white Christianity. So, you know, the fact that America is changing religiously so quickly is actually causing a huge problem for the Democratic Party in America. One they haven't easily solved as of yet. Wow. So 38% of of white liberals, right, are are that's that's just white an, Christians. White Christians. That's an incredible yep. number. So mm-hmm. you're reinventing yourself all the time. Uh, I, I just can't imagine how difficult that must be, but as you're saying, 75% of Republicans, I mean, so yeah, hit that note and hit it hard. Uh, you you basically have to be a one note, but then there's issues like, for instance, there's this issue called the Equality Act, which basically would make it illegal for religious institutions to fire people who are LGBT, which Republicans loved because 75% of them are white Christians, right? That's and true. that's an overwhelmingly – they or I'm sorry, the Equality Act was not well-liked by white Christians, so the Republicans are on one page on that. But amongst the Democratic Party, think about this. You've got, let's say, black Protestants who don't like the Equality Act. But then you've got atheists and agnostics who love the Equality Act. So how do you keep both those groups happy and together when they're fundamentally and diametrically opposed on this piece of policy? So what the Biden administration basically did was go, let's not talk about that. Let's move on to the next thing, because he knows that that's a divisive issue in his party going forward. Joe Biden does. Wow. OK, so for people then who are informing the politicians, Democrats and or Republicans, people like you are, who are number people, the numbers say one thing. The narrative behind the numbers is what drives it. So you can choose to, as you're saying, the Biden administration saying, well, we don't like those numbers. They tell us a different story than what we're willing to go with. We'll just ignore that. Mm hmm. And I think they ignore it to their peril sometimes. I think a lot of times politicians say, I'll, I'll dance with the girl who brought you, right? And I think Joe Biden definitely got locked into this idea of like, yeah. I'm a white Catholic, the white Catholic voter, how I got elected to the Senate, you know, back in 1976 or whenever it was. Here's what's really interesting. Joe Biden got a smaller portion of the white Catholic vote in 2020 than Hillary Clinton got in 2016. Really? So, you know, the idea that politicians are especially positioned to win a certain part of the religious electorate is just a myth. You know, it's bigger things that people are voting on now. And if anyone can win back the white Catholic vote, it would be Joe Biden, who's, you know, a lifelong white Catholic. But he did worse amongst that voting block than Hillary Clinton did, who was a United Methodist. So it just shows you that, like, it doesn't matter what your personal religion is. It actually is is very inconsequential when it comes to how people vote. They vote on much bigger things. And the most important predictor of how you vote today is not who you worship, but what little number or what little letter you put after your name, whether it's Republican or Democrat. 96% of Republicans voted for Trump. 95% of Democrats voted for Biden. That's really the most predictive factor in American politics today. Ryan Burris is with us. We're talking about numbers, a theory of political backlash. So then talk about um, minorities, whether it's black, Hispanic, right, Latino. Where are they? uh, Where are they in the the Christian mix as far as the power of Democrat, Republican? So black Protestants are a really interesting group because 
theologically, they actually look very similar to white evangelicals. So things like view of the Bible, how often they attend church, but even views of policy like um, gay marriage, they're just as likely to have the similar views as gay marriage as white evangelicals are. What's fascinating, though, is 80% of white evangelicals voted for Trump and 90% of black Protestants voted for Biden. So they're diametrically opposed. They're unified on theology, but they're diametrically opposed on politics. Now, but what you look at, if you take a deep dive in the numbers is, you're seeing that more and more black Protestants who are more religiously active are actually sliding to the right just slightly, right? Where it used to be 90% of black Protestants were Democrats. Now it's around 80% of black Protestants are Democrats who are highly religiously engaged. So I think you're actually seeing some black Protestants shift away from the traditional view they have and become more Republican. Now, I think the 2020 election was fought amongst Hispanic voters, especially Hispanic Catholics and Hispanic evangelicals, Hmm. because Hispanic evangelicals were very divided on Trump in 2016, I think because of all the immigration rhetoric that they just didn't like that much. Now, in 2020, you saw places on the Rio Grande Valley where the Hispanic vote switched 50 points, you know, 50 points away from Trump to 50 points towards Trump between 2016 and 2020. I think Trump actually did a very good job of reaching out to Hispanic Catholics and Hispanic evangelicals. And that's actually one of the reasons he did so well in places like Florida, for instance, where it was supposed to be close. It wasn't close because he did really well amongst Hispanic Catholics around Miami, for instance. Interesting. Okay, so here in Western Pennsylvania, the Hispanic population really is a, a tiny percentage. I bet I bet it's one percent or two percent of the total population. But of course, there is a rise in Hispanic population across the country. When you look at Hispanic populations, now what you just told that story, switching fifty percent from one side to the other, there is no sort of like trend that you can say this is what we what we can expect in the future. I think it's so um, based on who the, the, you know, the race changes every time, right? And economics, economic situation changes every time. But I do think the Hispanic vote is going to become much more consequential. But here's something really interesting when you keep in mind with Hispanics. A lot of them immigrated here, let's say, two or three generations ago. But if you look at their religiosity, if you're a second generation Hispanic immigrant, the religiosity of your generation looks exactly like the religiosity of America as a whole. Hmm. So we're actually seeing Hispanics become nuns at the same rate as the rest of the population because young people want to look like their neighbors and their peers and their classmates. And if they're nuns, they want to be nuns, too. So we're actually seeing the Hispanic identity, I think, weaken in some ways and look more like America as they're trying to assimilate to American culture. Huh. So for better or worse, there's the great melting pot, right? Absolutely. Yep. Because those people, if they stayed in Mexico, they were you know, Mexican and true and true. They would not continue to vote like they do here in America because they're just surrounded by Hispanic Catholic. Absolutely. And that's the thing. They come from a, a country that's 90 percent Catholic. Let's say they come to America. We're much more religiously diverse. They go to school and other kids aren't going to mass. And they're like, I don't want to go to mass either. It creates these interesting family dynamics, let's say. But it just shows you how American assimilation is a very strong force in American life. From that, By the way, Asian population does the same thing as well. Really? Yeah. All right, Ryan. So uh, time is basically up here. But So w- what do you take from all this? I mean, when you see the backlash, the numbers, it's a, a constantly the shifting sand of where we are socially, theologically, religiously in America. I do think, you know, what's interesting is I actually think we're going to see a counter backlash to the rise of the nuns at some point in the near future. Really? Because you know what kids love to do? They love to re- rebel against their parents. And if your parents raised you, let's say, conservative Protestant or conservative Catholic, the thing you want to do to rebel is become an atheist or agnostic. But imagine you're a second or third generation atheist. 
you know what the most rebellious thing you can do is become a Pentecostal, right? <laughs> and just shove it right in your parents' face and say, I'm going to do exactly the opposite of what you want me to do. So I do think that every for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah. I do think there's going to be a counter backlash to the rise of the nuns in the near future. Oh, that's interesting. So the radical Pentecostals will be, uh, rise up here in the next generation. So I, I hope that I live to see that day. Ryan Burns is with us. Hey, Ryan, you got a, a book that's dropping in, uh, uh, I think, March. Uh, give us a preview. Yeah, 20 myths about religion and politics in America. It's 20 little data-driven chapters, you know, two, three, four graphs for each, about 2,000 words, kind of dispelling a lot of things that people believe about religion and politics that just frankly demonstrably false. Things like Donald Trump was not the favorite of white evangelicals during the primary. Um, Things like um, black Protestants are liberals. They're not liberals. They're moderates. They just happen to vote for Democrats. You know, things like people become more religious as they age. They don't become more religious. They actually become less religious as they age, at least over the last 10 years. That's true. So all these things that people believe about the world that are just empirically false, I wanted to lay out in kind of a, a neat and digestible way. So it's written for the average person to read. Fabulous. It drops in March of this year, does it not? March of 2022. Yes, sir. Excellent. Ryan Birch, uh, listen, people want to find you online. Where can they go? Uh, at Ryan Burge on Twitter is the center of all good things. And then uh, RyanBurge.net is my personal website. You can also pick up my first book, The Nuns, where they came from, who they are, and where they're going uh, on Amazon right now, released in March of 2021. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Just a couple nights ago, John, I had that dream about college where I realized that it's uh, almost time for finals and I've never been to the class. Do you have that dream? No. You've I've, never had that dream. No. What? So all of a sudden it's, it's one of the most common dreams. What? Yeah. In America are people who are like me somehow in some way traumatized by how difficult college is. And so you just end up revisiting it. In, and it's always the same for me. I, I'm, I'm gripped by this horrible sinking feeling that I've never been to this class and I'm about to have to perform on the final. And there's no way I'm going to be able to. Because it's a challenge, right? So, I guess because it's just, it's so hard. There's so much stress involved in it. Right. Well, I, I'm I'm really, really happy that all that is well behind us, right? And we haven't been college students for decades, and that's a good thing. But if you've got a child thinking about what happens at Grove City College, perhaps for next year as a freshman, know that that challenge is still there. But mm-hmm. in the middle of the challenge... And all that hard work. And all the anxiety about it. Grow City has Christ first and foremost. The faculty, the staff, in the middle of it all, there is Jesus. So, of course, life is hard. A quality education is hard as well. But look at gcc.edu. Thinking about life insurance? Did you know in just a few minutes you can find the best price from up to 10 price competitive companies for free? You can with SelectQuote. For example... George is 39. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $22 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323 or go to selectquote.com since 1985 we shop you save 
Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Or price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Hi, Mom. Is Claire's birthday party today? Me again, Mom. Where did I put my history book? Hi. Sorry, forgot one last thing. Sometimes it's hard to concentrate. At school, I start looking out the window, and then I forget what I was supposed to be thinking about. I know it seems like I don't care, but I do. It's just difficult for me. Love you, Mom. Bye. Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues to help your child thrive. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. Cloudy skies expected for tonight with a bit of snow late, accumulating a coating to an inch. Untreated surfaces will be slippery. We'll see a low of 29. Variable cloudiness on tap for tomorrow. Tomorrow's high, 43. Mostly cloudy skies tomorrow night with a low of 30. Wednesday, mostly cloudy and breezy. We'll reach a high Wednesday of 43. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. So, whether, you know, it's officially here, for all intents and purposes, you can say the winter is here, right? I mean, it's dark, it's cold, there's snow in the forecast. I, I think probably like you, you know, don't you wrestle with it? I mean, some people are always, yeah, I just love winter. Other people are like, I, oh, I despise winter so much. And then there's, of course, us, the, you know, in the mushy middle, you gotta go. I think if more than anything, over time, what I've learned to do, and I th- probably just healthy for me, spiritually, psychologically, I think is just to say, I accept it. <laughs> I accept that it's dark and cold, and that's just how it's going to be for the next five months or so, right? We, a lot of it, I, I used to go, I, I'm just going to pretend that it's not really winter, that, that nothing has changed, that I'm going to stick to the same schedule and feel the same way, and I'm just going to be tired and desperate and, you know, then it comes upon you and be miserable. But I, I do believe that, you know, plants and animals, they accept it. They don't pretend that it's not happening. And they, they carry on differently. So I guess, you know, I surrender to it. That's that's what I've been trying to do, you know, for these last years. And with that, you know, with the acceptance of it all, there's a lot to be said about embracing indoor pleasures, isn't there? I mean, I've been out in the yard for months and months and months. And as much as you love it, you come in and go, okay. Well, what can I do in here? What needs to be done, right? You've got that list. You start down in the basement and go, I'm going to tidy this basement up because I get stuff everywhere. And, and the indoor pleasures of being, you know, how many times have I said to my wife in the last couple of weeks, you want a cup of tea? You want a cup of tea? I mean, I, I bet you I drink, I don't know, 100 cups of tea a week. I don't know. It's just a lot. Probably unhealthy. But I like it. I was watching the uh, Beatles documentary over Thanksgiving. And, of course, they're English, you know, the good English lads. That's all they do is sit around and drink tea. I felt, oh, there's kindred spirits. Okay. How about enjoying the light when you can? Now, here, we're fortunate up here in Parkway Center. We're up super high. So we're way on top of a hill. And we're on the sixth floor of this building. And I'll tell you, when the... When you can, I, I often just kind of linger by the windows and watch the shifting of the clouds. And the light is just fabulous. Just it's so incredibly beautiful. And I, 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 maybe just because it's more precious, you go, I need it more. And so I'm more willing to just engage with it. I just love it so much. So I don't know. I accept the darkness. I like indoor pleasures. Uh, I, I see the light. 
in social activities, I, I do believe. I do believe I'm more social in some ways. Are you more social in the wintertime because you're stuck inside? You kind of get together with friends more? I don't know. All those things. I can either ignore it like you or, you know, right? We can do this together or are we just going to go, this is what we're going to do. It's wintertime, so let's just get on with it. That's all life is in western Pennsylvania and across the country. Hey, uh, when we come back, and we're going to come back, and we hope that you stay with us, we're going to talk about grief care. You think about this last two years, a lot of people are, are grieving. What's the church's response? 101.5 WORD. On the next adventure in Odyssey, Connie has an assignment from her counseling class. One of the requirements for introduction to counseling is that I practice therapy on a friend. But when she finds a victim, a patient... You're reading your instructions? You're my first client, Eugene. She offers some strange advice. Ask him about his feelings, but have him associate colors or animals with them. Don't miss the next adventure in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM. W-O-R-D. Attention Americans age 65 and older. The Medicare annual enrollment period ends December 7th. Now is the time to select your Medicare Advantage plan for 2022. Get ready for an important toll-free hotline where you can get your free 2022 Medicare benefits review. Do you currently have a copay, a high deductible? Do you pay extra for dental and vision? Are your out-of-pocket expenses just too high? If you answered yes to any of these, then call 800-871-1592. A SmartMatch licensed insurance agent can help you compare plans, which can include $0 copays, $0 deductibles, even $0 premiums, plus dental and vision coverage for no additional cost. Having the wrong Medicare plan can cost you thousands. So call today before annual enrollment ends on December 7th. The service is free with no obligation. So call today. Call 800-871-1592. That's 800-871-1592. 800-871-1592. We all know health care costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. With today's technology, anyone can take a video. But getting it ready for prime time, that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle. Here at Salem Video, we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock. With your raw footage, we can produce great-looking videos for your social media, podcast, website, and even live service element. From text animation, visual effects, transitions, logos, music, and more, here's where we put it all together. What can Salem Video do for you? Ask GM Brad Marshall at 412-503-4770. It's hard to believe we're coming up on two years, isn't it? I mean, it's crazy. Look how much America's changed. The church has changed. All the lives that have been lost. What a weird, weird time that we live in. And with uh, 
all this pandemic-related news. And, of course, the news today. With that, people are just stricken with grief. My guess is that somewhere within your circle, you know someone who's passed away in the last couple of years. Whether it's been through COVID or through just, you know, what it is to be alive, that people pass away. And so we're at this very unique time in the world where all of us together are suffering through the same emotion. So what does that look like? And if you're alone in your home and you're in grief and my neighbor or me alone in my home and I'm in grief. And of course, the church, a lot of churches were closed for such a long time, cut off from each other in despair, how do you work through these feelings, which are as ancient as man is? Sam Hodges is with us, and uh, he's with um, a church-based grief resource called Grief Share, here to talk to us about gathering together in community to share each other's pain and trails. Sam, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, John. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing really well. Thank you. Doing really well. My pleasure. So grief share, I I had no idea that such a thing existed. Tell us the model of of what this is all about, Sam. Yeah, well, grief share is a nonprofit ministry. And uh, our mission is really to equip churches to minister to people who are going through grief. And so what we've done is we've structured ourselves in such a way that we can provide churches what we call grief share kits. And what a church receives when it purchases a grief share kit is a all the resources they need to offer a 13-week grief support group. And this is a Christ-centered grief support group. And these the kit features uh, 13 uh, 40-minute videos that feature uh, top Christian experts who are talking about grief recovery. And so just have these resources, the, the, the workbooks that go with it, they're able to host uh, these grief share meetings where people can come together in small groups they're able to watch the video, they talk about the video, then they're able to go home and work on their grief share workbook and come together and stay in touch with each other over the course of those 13 weeks and really heal together from the pain of their loss. Interesting. I'm sure that you've been part of this because uh, as you look at grief share and this is part of your initiative, you've sat in these meetings themselves. So what's that like? I mean, I, I can imagine there's a lot of rawness uh, around these kind of meetings. Yeah, it, 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 it depends on just, you know, who, who shows up for the group. But um, a lot of times you'll have people who are in a group who are, uh, who are very raw. They've lost someone maybe over the past, uh, within the past week or uh, past few months. Other people, they're sitting in the group and they've been, they, maybe they lost their loved one a year ago um, or six months ago. And so you have people at different stages in their grief journey. And you also have people who are dealing with different losses. But the, the neat thing about the videos is that the videos feature not only experts who have a good handle and understanding on, on what the Bible has to say about how to deal with grief and loss. The videos also feature uh, Christian mental health experts and also people just like you and me, John, who've been through loss and are able to talk about uh, the things that they've learned as they've moved through their grief, the things that they learned about God, how they drawn closer to him, uh, the questions that they had. Uh, what made them angry, what disappointed them, what surprised them. And so all everyone together, all these things work together, the workbook, the videos, the, 
the sharing amongst the group members uh, to help people get to a point uh, where they're able to just move forward, uh, not not having forgotten their loved one, but moving forward with the understanding that there is hope. Yeah. I have a, a friend whose husband passed away here recently, and uh, in a church that she belongs to, she, of course, has got a good circle of friends around her. And they said to her, you know what, uh, we are with you. We love you. And so we know that this next year is going to be especially difficult as you go through all these different anniversaries. So you can be as grief-stricken or you can act out, essentially, in any way that you choose and know that we're going to be with you. But at some point, you know, we're going to draw the line and we're going to say, okay, you've got to shed the, that grief and move forward. And I thought, that, you know, that was really wise, Sam, that, you know, the, the people that loved her and knew her were going to just allow her that kind of a safety net. And I would imagine that, you know, in a, in a thing like Grief Share is providing, it does give those people who are going through that process that sort of like-mindedness. I know you. And I, I, I can't really appreciate exactly what you're going through, but I'm going to be here for you. And I think that's the power of the local church to be there for people going through this process. Yeah, it is. It is. A, a lot of times when people are going through grief, uh, one of the greatest reassurances that they can have is that they're not going crazy. And that's one of the things that we really try to help people understand in the early sessions of Grief Share. We just try to help them understand what's normal, what's the normal range of grief. And people are so comforted by that, just to know that you know, it's normal to think that you uh, heard your loved one's voice or, uh, you know, to walk through a store and, you know, smell the perfume on someone else. And that all of a sudden just makes you, uh, you know, you smell the perfume of your lost loved one and that brings you to tears. Or you're in the store and you see something that your loved one loved or appreciated and that, that, that stirs up emotions in you. And so when, when people hear that that's normal, that that's par for the course. Again, that's very, very comforting. And then again, just being around other people who've been through similar things, even if they haven't experienced the same exact loss, there's so many um, points of commonality in the grief experience. Uh, And again, that brings comfort to, that brings comfort to participants. And then the other thing that we really try to help participants understand is that scripture really lets us know that God invites us. He, he encourages us. He gives us permission to grieve. You know, Jesus has modeled this in Scripture. He wept at the death of Lazarus, even though he knew that there was a resurrection. And so you see the, the psalmists in the book of Psalms crying out to God, these psalms of lament. And so it's, it's normal to grieve. And it's almost we live in a society that almost encourages us uh, to move past it really quickly. Yeah. Uh, but the Bible really encourages us and gives us permission to grieve. And we want to reflect that and create those safe spaces for people in Grief Share groups. Fabulous. Sam Hodges is with us from Grief Share. Hey, Sam, uh, if people are interested and uh, they want to reach out and connect with the Grief Share, where, where, where can they go? Griefshare.org. Griefshare.org. If you're interested in uh, finding a group, you can visit griefshare.org if you're interested in starting a group at your church, griefshare.org. And one of the things that we've done over the past few months to really uh, help more people experience the help that comes from Griefshare is now we've made it possible for churches to offer online groups. So leader, you know, if you've got leaders in your church who, you, who want to offer this to people in the community from the safety of their home, uh, they can do that. And it's, when you purchase a Griefshare kit, you get everything you need to offer an online group or an in-person group. And we have coaches uh, full-time who are all standing by uh, to answer any questions uh, that churches have or individuals have about starting a grief share group uh, in their church to minister to people in their community. And really, with grief share groups being online, 
uh, a church in Pittsburgh can minister to churches all around the world. And we can minister to people who are going through grief all around the world. Fabulous. Sam, that's good work. I really do appreciate it. Sam Hodges, Grief Share. Look for it online at griefshare.org. You don't have to be alone. I mean, it's a brutal world out there right now when we need each other, especially as the body of Christ. We'll take a quick break. Come back. we got more ahead. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, 101.5 Word FM, WORD. Christmas is coming. We need to buy for Aunt Sue. Uncle Jimmy. Uncle Sal. For Mom and Dad. Mom's dog, Chewbacca. I want some Legos. City's teachers. Pastor. Grandma wants a VCR machine. VCR? Legos. We need three hands. Two turkeys. Christmas bulbs. Wrapping paper. I want Legos. And Legos. If you're worried that holiday spending is going to deck your halls, there is something to consider. Maybe never in the history of time have we had a moment where home values have skyrocketed this much while interest rates have dropped this much. And what that has brought into play is the cash out refinance loan. We've had so many listeners this year take advantage of this moment by cashing out a chunk of that newfound equity or money in their homes and at the same time even lower their monthly payment or years on their loan. It's a very unique current opportunity. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Friday, December 3rd at 7 p.m. Memorial Park Church presents singer-songwriter Sandra McCracken. Sandra McCracken in a Christmas benefit concert to support the work of Nations in Sierra Leone. The concert is free. A goodwill offering will be taken. Get your free tickets now at edunations.org. Sandra McCracken, 7 p.m. December 3rd. RSVP at edunations.org. Sponsored by Amp Solutions. Suffering from junk sleep? The sleep experts at Mattress Firm can help. Shop the Cyber Week sale and save up to $500 on a king bed for a queen price or a queen for a twin. Plus, pair the mattress of your dreams with a free adjustable base with qualifying purchase. This holiday season, kids get in free at the Heinz History Center. Get in the Christmas spirit and relive childhood memories inside the History Center's new exhibit, A Very Merry Pittsburgh. Explore Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, throw a touchdown pass to the Sports Museum, and slide down the Liberty Tube. It's all free for kids through December 31st. Sponsored by Howard Hanna Real Estate. Reserve tickets now at HeinzHistoryCenter.org. Hello, Word FM listeners. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager at Salem Media here in Pittsburgh. Looking to upgrade your career? Increase your annual earnings? At Salem Media, we sell advertising campaigns to local business owners using our radio stations and Salem Surround assets featuring over 50 social media and digital products. If you have more than two years of successful outside sales experience, proficient computer skills, and a drive to be the best, please go to Salem.cc and look for Pittsburgh under the Careers tab. Salem Media Pittsburgh is an equal opportunity employer. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes, and you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to, are you? Kids, work, listening to the radio, you're busy, which is great because busy people can't get prediabetes. Oh my, I read that wrong. (laughs) They can. Should have worn my glasses. So visit doihaveprediabetes.org and take a short test because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Hey, that's interesting. Sorry, I rarely comment on, on commercials, but that uh, Sandra McCracken show in Memorial Park, December 3rd. That's fabulous. She, she's wonderful. We were, Christy and I were talking, Cass not here today. Christy and I were talking about uh, you know, Christmas songs we loved. And, uh, and of course, this is the season, right? I'm looking at uh, wordfm.com and uh, Ernie Hass is uh, coming around here. He's different venues. What, December 2nd, December 3rd, December 14th. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. Does your does your does your congregation did your congregation do Christmas uh, concerts? Yeah. I love it. Don't you? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I mean, this is of course this is the season for live music, and and whether it's you know it's a big name, it doesn't have to be a big name. I just want like I I like hearing little you know kids choirs. That's there's something beautiful about that, isn't it? It's so sweet and innocent and kind. Whatever. I mean, people are gathering again this year. Thank goodness, and uh, you do. You, so uh, I'd love to know more about your Christmas concert at your church. That'd, that'd be fabulous. Why don't you reach out to the show here or just uh, email me, johnhallatwordfm.com. We'll be happy to talk about that and put the word out about uh, Christmas shows that, uh, you know, somewhere in your neighborhood. That'd be just excellent. God's word. Uh, God's word in song. It's fabulous. Um, you know, I, I have to say this. I spent a chunk of my Thanksgiving holiday watching the Beatles documentary. Now, don't get off of me. Don't like go crazy. It's the Beatles, okay? They've long been since gone, right? Uh, I grew up I grew up in a household of, uh, I was the sixth child of seven kids in an Irish Catholic household. So I lived vicariously through my brothers and sisters. I mean, there were five of them that were ahead of me. So my sisters and my brother, I mean, in the 60s when the Beatles came in, and I was like, I was a kid. I was six years old when the Beatles came to America, and I I had no idea what was going on. But vicariously, to see them so excited, of course, I got excited as well. And so that music, much to my parents' chagrin, it was part of our childhood, right? It was. We talked about it, sang along, listened to it, bought their albums. So I'm watching this Peter Jackson documentary. And I think it's eight, it's like eight plus hours long. What I loved about it, and I'll just go delve into that. What I really, really loved about it, a couple things. Four boys. And they were boys. I mean, by the time they're producing this like last album, um, Ringo and John were 29. Okay, now that's not boys, but you know, you get my drift. Paul was 27. Um, George was 25. This is like the end of Beatlemania, 1969. So when they came to America, truly, clearly, they were boys. And can you imagine what that what that would be like? How that would just flip out your world? And how the world listened to these boys, for better or worse. More often than not, worse, I would say. But the music survives because there's something that is intrinsically beautiful and true within their music. I, I'm unabashedly, unashamed to say, yeah, yeah, I still love the Beatles. I do, and I listen to their music, and whatever. But watching this, this documentary, what I loved, really loved about it, they were young, they were boys, they were, they were brothers for each other. But you, what you got to see in this eight-plus hours was the coming to life of creativity. So there's Paul, you know, sitting down at a piano and just canoodling around where the first strains of the Beatles song, Get Back, comes to life. You know, and, you know, of course, I know the song, so whenever he goes, bump, bump, and I go, whoa, and see the artistic process because first there's nothing and then there's something. And it's mysterious how it happens, I'm sure, even to artists. And it is such a gift to watch a song take shape. 
through trial and error, repeat attempts to get to the core of what the song wants to be. From trying out those opening chords to seeing these four guys in full throat sing this song. And just a few weeks went by. There's something beautiful about that. I love that we love a God of creation and that God has instilled all of us the seeds of creation. And whether you say, I don't have any talent or not, the fact of the matter is there's creation in all of us in the likeness of God. So I love it. I hope that you do too. And if you're creative, you have the creative bent, then create. And if you don't think that you have creation in you, be courageous. And because you can, because it's God-given in you, start to create. Write, sing, perform. Because God's with us. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.